Good morning, church. Good morning. Different style of question to start us off with to this morning. And before you answer, honk at the at the right number of times here. So how many times does something have to happen before you stop calling it a coincidence? Once? Twice? Three times? More? Both Thomas Aquinas and Sherlock Holmes agree on one thing. There's no such thing as coincidence. The people of faith rather use this line that say that God, coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. And, and why would he do that? Why would he remain anonymous? Why does he just bless and not always take the credit for it? I don't know the answer to that one, but I know that it happens. Anyway, this morning's text from John 21, it's the third time Jesus appears to his disciples. And in the text, little coincidences start to speak really loud. Okay? But we're going to go in there. Uh, today's text is about what it means to be a disciple and learning to be a disciple and learning how to love. Uh, that's the way I'm taking it. That's the way I'm working with this. Um, how many How many of you think that uh, a disciple is somebody that goes and gets things done, um, sort of is in charge, sort of does that? Anybody ever thought that? Yeah, um, a little different today, but... But learning how to be obedient is, is one of those things. So anyway, here's the text as we start from John 21. This is verse 1 to 14. This is a part of a two-parter, so we'll be talking about some of this next week as well, or two, in two weeks. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there, Simon Peter, Thomas, the twin, Nathaniel from Cana, or Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, and the, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, Have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped of a work, jumped into the water. I, I don't quite understand putting on your tunic and jumping into the water. But I know you got to be wearing a tunic when you get to the other side. And headed for shore. The others stayed in the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore. For they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to shore. And there were about 153 large fish, that, and yet the net hadn't torn. Evidently, that's a large number for the, that type of style of net. Now, come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. 
None of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time that Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. I want to make sure that we we see some of this stuff. Tired, um, let's get into the text. Tired of not doing anything or waiting around, Simon says, Simon goes fishing. No longer a fisher of men. That, remember, that was the promise that had been made to him, that Jesus would make him a fisher of men, not a fisherman. Now, don't hear me as saying anything negative about going fishing. But in this case, it is not just a little coincidence that Jesus had had told Peter he was going to make him a fisher of men. And as he was being told essentially to wait for the 40 days for something to happen, he decides he's going to go fishing. He's sort of, the dream is gone, right? We've had this thing. We're just kind of going back to the way we used to be. But they go fishing and they get nada, nothing. No catch all night. Very next thing from the shore, Jesus directs the efforts to the other side of the boat. An amazing catch. They were four feet, eight feet away from the most amazing catch they ever had. They were doing everything they knew right then. They were eight feet away. And when they arrive at the shore, the fish are already on the fire. Think about that. Bring you the fish that you've had, right? Those fish aren't cleaned. They're not ready to cook. There's there's all this stuff that's going on. Jesus has already got fish cooking on a charcoal fire. Now, next time we talk about this and Jesus is asking Peter if he loves him, the charcoal fire is a massive, big coincidence. First of all, really almost too hot to cook fish on a charcoal fire, but it was over a charcoal fire that Peter had denied Jesus. So here's that coincidence here. So here's the thing. Simon acts like this. Remember, when we think of disciples, we think of people that act, that a disciple of Jesus is somebody that does the work. And often we ask Jesus to bless the work that we think we ought to be doing. I want to go fishing. I'm going to go do this. My experience was that we thought that we ought to go um, street witnessing, that we ought to go witness and all those things. And we didn't see any results. And we had some wrong-headed sort of ideas, right? We were just like me and my friend Kevin. We're just like Simon and his friends. They had this idea about going fishing. We're going to go catch some fish. We're going to provide. We're going to get a meal. We're going to do what we know. We're going to relax. I, I don't know what's going on. All I know is just like that and many other sort of church projects where we decide we ought to do something, but we don't wait and listen. Or we don't hear directly from the Lord that we, we, we start to act and then we ask God to be in the middle of our actions. No catch all night. But when Jesus directs the efforts to the other side of the boat, right? What did I just say? Just eight feet away, just eight feet away to the other side. That's where Jesus were. They they were so close. They were 18 inches from 
the distance from knowing about Jesus to following Jesus, right? That you hear that popular quote that we know all about Jesus, but we've missed the boat by the 18 inches to our heart instead of our head, that they're just, it is so close to doing that. When Jesus directs the work, he also provides the results and he's already provided for you along the way and all those things. When they get to the shore, the fish are already there. He's already cooking fish. They don't have to be cleaned. Would you like something to eat? All this stuff. So what do we do with this when we go about trying to do our business for the Lord? Notice that we're trying to direct how this goes. And in fact, many Christians that even do witnessing or street witnessing think, I'm going to go speak for Jesus. I'm going to go take Jesus to these people. And let me just get this, you know, straight here in our things. When we act like we're the Lord of the universe and we're not, the directives and the things that we think we're going to be doing, they don't work very well. But when the Lord of the universe directs and acts in the middle of what is his sovereign territory, then the actions happen and work. He's primary. We don't take Jesus anywhere. He always takes us to the results. We often think we're taking him, but he's long been there preparing the ground ahead of time that our, our, we could even get to the right spot without his direction. But if our head isn't in the following Jesus mode, if we're in the, I'm doing this work and see how great I am and I'm going to do all this, none of that will ever work. None of it will ever work. Jesus was always here to point to who God was, to explain who God was. He was, the Holy Spirit is always only, as I've said many times and will continue to say, the Holy Spirit's whole job is to direct us to understand and see and follow the Lord of the universe. He has a spotlight ministry in the world. He points us to the thing. He points us to the target. He directs us to the Lord. He helps us not try to be Lord ourselves, but to understand who we are. That is the role of the Spirit in us and, and in the universe. So what is it? We like... Peter, are, are you tired? You've asked Jesus to bless the work you're doing, but you've got negligible results. It does sound familiar, doesn't it? Look, myself, tired of sort of trying to be in charge. I'm not in charge. I'm the pastor here, and I, I do make some help make some decisions here. But even now as we try to decipher what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to be anywhere about our building right here, my first thought was, 
I would kind of like to, before we go and get all excited, I would kind of like to ask Jesus what he would like to have done. When Jesus directs, the results are his. And he's already provided for us. It's not about that other stuff. It's difficult to wait, though, isn't it? How many of you like being in the waiting place? Yeah. I just want to make sure that we know that many of us have felt like we've been in the waiting place for at least a year. And not just a waiting place, but an uncomfortable waiting place where we didn't know anything. And somebody that, that we didn't think was in charge of us was taking charge of us and all this it's difficult to wait but but waiting isn't the hardest thing to do not being in charge being directed is often more difficult than waiting no i, I want it done this way i want it done this way i i know that you you're used to doing it that way i would like it this over here but that in itself isn't the hardest thing to do. Many of us in our jobs get directed in what to do and have to ask to do and all those things. Not being the Lord of the universe. That's the hardest thing to realize that none of us are the Lord of the universe. But in becoming a disciple of Jesus, in submitting to him so that you might have life and life everlasting, not just life in the, in the far beyond, but life now and then, in order to submit to him, you admit that you need help, that you can't save yourself, that you are not the Lord of the universe, but waiting and receiving direction and being provided for these are the hallmarks of the disciple, of the working, of the working follower of Jesus, that we would be his people, that we would, that we would be able to follow his direction, that we would learn in the little things and become greater and greater. This is what it means to be a disciple. For those of you who are in the in the building or or in their in your cars, you're not in the buildings this morning, but in your cars out there, I ask you, your your examples and your experience of when you've truly followed the Lord, hasn't it really been in those places where you were not in charge, where he provided for you and and you had to wait on him? in very uncomfortable or uncharacteristic ways. And so this morning, let the Lord's work in your life not be consigned to the area of coincidence. Well, you know, he's kind of talked to me and I, I really would like to follow him, but I don't really want And And you kind of say, well, you know, I kind of had this move over here this is not coincidence when the Lord is directing you. Now, how is he going to direct you? That is an individual sort of thing, custom fit to you. The way he talks to me is not the way he talks to you. I mentioned that last week as well. But how he talks is custom to you. So maybe he's got you in a waiting place. 
where you where you don't feel like you're receiving direction, but you want to go and you want to run and you want to do all this stuff. I I shared with with a friend this week that often when we're waiting for new directions from the Lord, it's because his old directions are still there. He still wants us to do and be where we are and to be his disciple to full extent where we are. And he's not redirecting us because that's what he wants. And so the direction from him is bloom where you're planted. Bloom and learn how to follow him there. Learn how to wait on his time. Learn how to receive and be directed from him. Learn how to connect and interact with him consistently that you might be his disciple, that you might be his brother, friends. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, tonight, for those of us here that are willing, I ask that we would wait upon you, that we would, that we would receive from you, that we would risk not acting prior to just going off and doing some knee-jerk thing, but Lord, call us to follow you in wisdom and discernment so that we would be following and provided for by you and that we would recognize your lordship over us, over Colville, over Washington, over the universe. In your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.